0: Well, good morning. 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 See, you guys are energized. That's awesome. Everybody comes up to me and said, I didn't know you had shirts without writing on them. (laughs) I have two. I dress up once in a while. Hey, welcome this morning. If you don't know me, my name is Mark. Um, I am one of the pastors here at Rock Creek Church. Um, it is my honor and privilege to talk with you today. Um, and so I'm glad you're all here. There's plenty of room up front. If anybody wants to move up here, there's plenty of room over here by Molly. So just come on up if there's that. Um, everybody's looking good. Y'all have that, that anticipatory look in your face. And I love that. That just makes me feel driven. So we are in our second week of this series called Questions. And because, I don't know if you're like me, I have a lot of questions um, about everything. Big things, little things, but a lot about Christianity as well. Um, every day I run into a new question when I'm reading the Bible or I'm praying. And again, our, our goal is, is not to give you the best concrete. There's no way we can do that in a mere 35 minutes. But our goal is to make an environment where it's open to ask these questions. Whether they're the hardest questions in the world, the ones that you've always wanted to ask, ask. If there's questions that you don't know about, ask. Try to grab Brian, who's not here today, or, or Alex, or me, or Dan, or you can email if you need to. Just email if you don't want to talk to me. Email info at rockcreekchurch.org. But ask those questions. Together as a community and together as a family, we answer them by working together. Um, we're never meant to be alone and figure it out on our own. So if you have questions, ask them. That's what makes it fun. Um, And it's really important that we realize that me, Alex, Brian, even as pastors and, and Miranda, we don't know all the answers. And if we can't figure it out or we don't know it right away, we'll find it out together. And we're all in this together. So don't, there's no dumb questions whether you've been a Christian all your life or someone just dragged you here today and you didn't want to come or your dad's talking and so you had to come. All these things, ask those questions. Good? Good. Awesome. So last week, Brian asked the question, is there a God? And if you didn't, get a chance to be here, you haven't got a chance to watch it, you can go to our app, you can go online, and you can watch it, because he had some very great points. I myself, spoiler, believe in God. (laughs) I know, that kind of, I do, so we're going to start with that. And if you missed it, the point is that of all these things that are around us, We know there's a God by more than just what the Bible says, but what's in our heart and what we see in science. I personally came to God through science. That's personally what brought me here. Years of growing up in the church, fighting and arguing, but it was science that ended up bringing me to God. So, study science. It's awesome. Don't be afraid of it. Um, And the other things we want to talk about is cultural differences. And and one thing that that Brian discussed a lot is how we view the world. It's not about where our culture is, where we're from, how we were raised. And today, we're going to go through the topic of, does life have a purpose? Now, unlike the cultural visitor of God and what God means, I'm, I'm pretty safe to say that nearly every person on the face of the earth has one time said, what is the meaning of life? What is the purpose of all this? It's universal. It's something that's in us. And I bet you if you took a minute to think, you can remember that first time as a kid that it really hit you is, why is all this happening? What is this all about? In fact, the other day, we're driving to school, and my buddy Gideon, 15-year-old Sage, is sitting next to me, and he goes, you know, life stinks. And I go, what do you mean, life stinks? He goes, well, you're born, you go to school, you go to work, you die. And I looked over at him, and I'm like, okay, I have four minutes. It's a 35-minute <laughs> sermon. I wonder if I could... I go, well, you know, that's one way of looking at it. <laughs> but it's like, and I know he was kind of joking tongue-in-cheek because we we're on our way to school, so he's, like, really excited. Um, he's <laughs> like, yes! But that, that feeling and that, that thing, we all had that same thought, okay? So today, what is the purpose of life? It's an age-old question. Everybody asks it. Every culture, every religion, pretty much every person. So today we're going to answer that with the viewpoint from Christianity. So if you have your Bible, open it up to Ecclesiastes. That's where we're going to start. And if you uh, don't know where that is, open it in the middle. You run into Psalms. Take a right. It's right after Proverbs. And you know what's important? Because I brought my big Bible today. You know what's important? Actually, it's the only large print Bible I have. And there we go. So before we dive in, I want to talk a little bit about Ecclesiastes. Ecclesiastes. The author is widely regarded to be Solomon. And Solomon was a very, very wise man. He was the son of David. He was the king of Israel. Um, He's David's second son to Bathsheba. The first son died. There's a story if you need something to do over the weekend to read about. But Solomon loved God. And he built, God, these amazing temples. The temple was made by Solomon. The one that, that was given to Moses and given to David, he built this temple. He built beautiful houses. He was super smart. I mean, and mean, God said, Solomon, what can I give you? He said, wisdom. And God said, I could, you could ask for anything. You ask for wisdom, I will give this to you. Now what I find interesting as I read the stories about Solomon and this book and others, is that Solomon seemed to gain a lot of his wisdom by trial and error. I think he was smart enough to figure out when he did something. I don't think there was an app. Then God said, Solomon's wisdom app. I don't think that happened. It'd be cool. I've asked. It's not there. I even looked on Google Play and Android. Not happening. So, but this is what Solomon asked for. So he's learning and God is telling him. So this brings us to Ecclesiastes, right? We're going to start in chapter one. And Ecclesiastes means, in Greek and Latin, preacher. Preacher. And it's actually derived from the Hebrew word koaleth, which means one who gathers the congregation or the assembly. So this whole book is meant to be read to a congregation or assembly, to stand before them and share. And so we're going to read Solomon's writing. We're going to start in verse 1. I'll have it up here. I'm reading out of the English Standard Version, so it's a little different in yours. Don't don't, don't worry about it. It's all good. All right? The wind blows to the south and goes around to the north. Around and round goes the wind, and on its circuits the wind returns. All streams run to the sea, but the sea is not full. To the place where the streams flow, where they flow again. All things are full of weariness, a man cannot utter it. The eye is not satisfied with seeing, nor the ear filled with hearing. What has been is what will be, and what has been done is what will be done. And there is nothing new under the sun if there is a thing of which it is said, see, this is new, it has already been, already ages in the before us. There is no remembrance of forward things, nor will there be any remembrance of later things yet to come among those who come after. So thank you, Mark, for the inspirational reading. <laughs> you picked an awfully great verse to get me motivated about finding out about my purpose. <laughs> But see, this is most of our viewpoints. Solomon's not saying anything new. It was said before him. Do you know they were complaining about millennials in the 8th century? (laughs) Herodias, look it up. Hodoius, look it up. Already complaining about millennials. Do you know that kids didn't behave since the beginning of time? Do you know people like me have done silly things forever? (laughs) Nothing is new. Nothing has changed. I can relate with what Solomon is saying. There are times when I can look up and go, "Ah, it's meaningless. It's vanity. It depends where my viewpoint is. It depends what's happening next. And if I don't have God, that makes it even different. So life without God. We'll start with this viewpoint. And we'll go back and we'll talk about our buddy Solomon. Solomon was interesting. Solomon had 700 wives and 300 concubines, according to the Bible. Valentine's Day was really difficult for Solomon. Not a good day. He was rich behind anything we can ever imagine. He had houses. He had horses, he had armies, he had chariots. He tried them all. In fact, a really smart person sat down, not me, and figured out that if we put Solomon's wealth in today's economy, his net worth is more than $2 trillion. Take that, Bill Gates. (laughs) He tried everything. In fact, you you might even look at Ecclesiastes as his dissertation on life. What he has learned. He was an older man when he wrote this. And there's this part in in verse 2 where he says, whatever my eyes desired, I did not keep from them. So whatever he saw, he would try. There's nothing you've ever done that Solomon hasn't already done. I know that sounds weird. He didn't have an iPhone. He didn't need one. He had people go do stuff for him. Hey, go find out about this. Same thing. It just took longer. (laughs) Whatever he wanted, he had. Women, addictions, alcohol. There's probably some drugs in there we don't know about they didn't write about. Anything he wanted, he did. Solomon was the original YOLO. (laughs) Right? And I'm wise enough to know better. I can do whatever I want. I'm Solomon. It's not going to hurt me. The word in the first verse in the Hebrew is hevel. 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 Everything is hevel. Some ways it's meaningless. Some ways it's vanity. But it also means breath and vapor. It's momentary. It doesn't last. Hevel. Life is heavy. <laughs> it's short. It's used 38 times in Ecclesiastes. It's pretty important to Solomon. In fact, at one point, he said, after doing all this, I did all this. Richest man in the world had everything he wanted. No one can compare. And his quote is, I hated life. And we all know that. We all watch it on TV, right? But that's life without God. Because there is no meaning. Every day we work. Every day we toil. Every day we try to do what we want. Whatever it is. Whether it's to buy new shoes, a new car to look better. To wear a non-printed t-shirt. Whatever it is. What makes me better? What do I need to be better? And we search. You can never have enough money. If you really are after money, you'll never have enough. For those that have ever suffered addiction, you can never have enough. For those that have ever been depressed, you can never be depressed enough. It all builds. There's no end. And without God, there's no meaning behind it. It doesn't have any other purpose than to serve myself. Great philosophers like Camus and Kierkegaard would say we create our own image of our purpose. Hedonism, absurdism, whatever I want is, that is my purpose. My purpose is to be a racehorse. I failed. But in that creation of what I desire, in the end, it's hopeless. In the end, I'll never achieve what I set out to achieve. There's this wonderful saying, he who has the most toys when he dies, wins. He who has the most toys when he dies, dies. He's dead. There's no meaning to that. There's nothing past that. Which is why when Solomon got to that point, he said, I've tried everything. I've done everything. And yet, I'm not better. I'm not happier. And I don't really think he felt very wise. Now life with God changes things. Life with God changes our perspective, or it should, correct? This is the nodding part. You all talked earlier, correct? Correct. Thank you. I don't want to lull you to sleep. Life has meaning. Life has purpose. Life is intentional, and you matter. Open your Bibles to Psalm 139, if you would, please one of my favorite psalms we're going to start at verse 13 for you God formed my inward parts you knitted me together in my mother's womb I praise you for I'm fearfully and wonderfully made wonderful all your works my soul knows it very well my frame was not hidden from you when I was being made in the secret in secret intricately woven in the depths of the earth your eyes saw my unformed substance In your book were written, every one of them, the days that were formed for me, when as yet there was none of them. The psalmist knew. God knew me before he made the world. I can't grasp that. I'm not God. But God knew me, he knew my heart, he knew my purpose, he knew me and my days before he even created anything. Because he's God. And if God exists, and last week we learned he does, then I have to believe in this. That despite what I think I am or who I am, God had me planned well before that. And he called it good. Good. Said that's good. Look what I've done. I've made a mark. I gave you time. I gave you time. You've used that one. I know you. Have. All right. So, just as God created Adam and Eve, He's created each of us, and He created us to be special. He created us for a plan. We are all unique. Out of all the billions and billions and billions of humans that have ever existed, none of us are the same. That's pretty amazing when you think about it. We all think differently, feel differently, look differently. We all want to look like Grant, but we can't. (laughs) It's the way it is. I'm just picking on the crowd today. (laughs) I can see you slouching. (laughs) But it's, it's amazing because we were created to be special. We were created to be loved. You were created to be loved by God and he has never stopped doing that and never will stop doing that. We are created to love. We are created to have a purpose. We are created to do amazing things that we don't even know about. Some we've already done. Some are yet to come. Ephesians. A man up front has his Bible. He's killing it. Ephesians 1. Ephesians is to the right back there. Great book. And we're going to start at uh, verse 4. So even as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and blameless before him, in love he predestined us for adoption to himself as sons through Jesus Christ, according to the purpose of his will, to the praise of his glorious grace, with which he has blessed us in the Beloved. So that who, we, who were the first hope, first to hope in Christ, might be to the praise of his glory. That's kind of heavy. Paul gets it. You were made to be with God. You were made to be with Jesus. God has always chose you for that. God has always wanted for that. He doesn't care what you've done. He doesn't care where you're at right now. He chooses you to be with him. All we have to do is say, okay, that's it. And whether you're here and you've never heard this, or you've heard this your whole life, or you're online, or you listen to the podcast, that story is for everyone, everyone ever committed, c- created. Even the most vile people that we can name on our hands, God called them to love him, and God wanted them to come to him. That is the amazing, most blessing in the first part. Does life have meaning? Yes, it does. Amen. I was loved before I was born. Amen. I'm loved right now. I'm loved and I yell at my kids. I'm loved and I don't do my best at work. I'm loved and I'm depressed. I'm loved and I'm mean. I am loved. That alone should be enough, because I don't always deserve love. God has a plan for me. You know, I wonder if the reason we all say there has to be more, there has to be a meaning, I wonder if it's because that's what we're designed for, to have a meaning, to have a plan, to have a purpose, spiritually, chemically, emotionally. We're designed for something special. We're designed to reach out and change the world. Maybe not the whole world, maybe just this world. We're designed to go forth and take this great gift which we received and share it. I mean, I love eating a whole cheesecake by myself. It's awesome. But it's awful nice when you share it too, isn't it? Sometimes. If you can open your Bibles to Ephesians 2, please. So you wish you brought your Bible now, don't you? I'm trying to figure out where we're at. Ephesians 2, we're going to start at verse 8. This is one we've all heard quite a bit. A lot of us love this verse as well. For by grace, you, me, have been saved through faith. It's not of your own doing. It is the gift of God, not a result of works, so that no one may boast. We start right there. God predestined us to be saved. It is a gift He gave us, before we were born, a gift that we've done our best, most cases, to get rid of, to deny, to push away. We even tried to re gift it sometimes. This is good for you, but it's not for me. I'm glad that works for you. But God is a gift that we get freely, despite what we've done, said, or going to do. And then He concludes for we are His workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. God prepared beforehand we should walk in them. And and I'm not going to sit here and say I know what your good works are. I don't know what all my good works are supposed to be. But I know if I'm doing anything for God, it's good. John said... He did not choose, Jesus said, he did not choose me. We did not choose Jesus, but he chose us and employed as us that we'd go and bear fruit. You see, the bottom line is, it's not about me. It's never been about me. Thank God right now it's not about me. All of you, in your head, thank God. That'd be ugly. It's about God and how we work through that and how we walk through that and how we live in that, that grace and that mercy and that empowerment of the Spirit and God and Jesus in our lives that makes a difference that affects everyone around us or just one. It's that that gift and that love and that power that makes us get up in the morning when everything is bad and everything is horrible. So I'm going to call out the elephant in the room. Sometimes life stinks. I have another word. I'm not allowed to say it up here. <laughs> Sometimes life really stinks. And it's hard to feel like I have a purpose when life really stinks. When I found out I was talking about this, it was months ago. I'm like, yeah, it's cool. You can do that. In the last two months, I'm having issues with my job, so I'm looking for a new job. Stuff happened in my family. There's sickness. There's death. My dad has dementia. He's seeing people. Stuff. And it weighs you down. And I can look up like Solomon and go, Hevel, Hevel, Hevel. Everything is Hevel. But then if I say, hey, it's not about me, I can look to God and say, I have meaning because you gave me meaning and you love me. And I'm meaning because you walk beside me and you love me. And I have purpose and I'll walk next to you. And when I feel alone, I still know you're there. And when I'm fighting, I know you're there. And when I'm crying, I know you're there. And when I'm screaming for no other reason just to scream, do not come to my house around 3 a.m. It's not the time. I know you're there. Solomon ended, if you've never read Ecclesiastes, you need to read Ecclesiastes. This is my promo pitch for Ecclesiastes. I get a small stipend. Ecclesiastes, it's a great book about the wisdom of man. Um, It's amazing. But the very end, the last verse, in in chapter 12, Ecclesiastes, verse 13, this is Solomon's wrap-up. After 12 chapters, he did it in like two sentences. It's awesome. Um, The end of the matter. All has been heard. Fear God and keep His commandments, for this is the whole duty of man. For God will bring every deed into judgment with every secret thing, whether good or evil. Love your God. Obey His commands. God can't wait to look at you and just grab you and pick you up and just hug you and kiss you on the cheek and say, well done. I made you just for this. You're the only one that can do it. I love you like nobody else. And that's true. Each of us are loved differently by God. That same amount, but a little bit differently because we we're uniquely made just to accept that peace from Him. That is our purpose. And to have out and share that peace and give it away. So, I love having these whole things and then saying, have a nice day. <laughs> Glad you came. It's not raining. Parking lot's not muddy. But I think it'd be nice to have like at least some sort of idea or action plan. So this is how, if you're going, but I don't know my purpose. And you're raising your hands, right? Because don't, we don't all know our purpose. So these are some things that I recommend doing. One, because I have to say it, because sometimes it feels cliche. Read your Bible. It's great to sit there and look cool. I know, that looks cool. This has God's will in it. This has secret and insights that the Holy Spirit will reveal just for you if you read it. If you actually open it up and read it and say, God, show me something in here. Someday it might be as simple as, well, should I do that? And you open it up and you see the story that's very similar and you're like, ooh, God just gave me wisdom. It can be that crazy. That's happened to me. It can be, there's a gray area here and then God can say, well, it's really not so gray. There can be me a point where I want to reach out and I want to be bold and God gives me that courage? But it starts by actually reading it. You can use a, a phone. I don't have my phone. You can use a phone to read it. It doesn't matter. But read it and then pray about it. Pray about God, what God wants you to do. Sometimes it might be scary. Moses didn't talk very well. They think he stuttered. And God said, go lead my people out. And he prayed about it and God empowered him. Sometimes he might be like Sarah Bulow and this guy named Mark forces her to work with the 4th through 6th graders today because they didn't have anybody. I told her I'd call her out in the service for working. I did it. Some days it's as simple as hugging someday. Some days it's as simple as walking up to a barista who looks like I've had a bad day and say, thank you much, so much for making my coffee. I appreciate you working when I am not. Some days, it's never, ever using the word millennial again. Because I don't like being called a boomer. And for the record, I'm not. Two-year window there. Pray. You never know what you're going to hear. I remember when I first finally got it, and God's just downloading stuff into me, and I was working at nights, and I was living in my friend's basement, and I'd walk around his house all day, and, and read the Bible and sing the Psalms. I'd, I'd make up music to the Psalms as I read them. Wow. Um, but that's what I would do. And I one day I'm like, God, I get it. I'm really sorry. I've been horrible. I've lived my life the way I want to live it. It's never worked out. I'm so unhappy. I'm living in my friend's basement. My computer's on a Lego table. Just tell me what you do, and I'll do whatever you want me to do. I'll do whatever you want me to do, except be a pastor. Because that's the day I heard it. That was 1998. It took a while. It took a lot of cleansing, a lot of healing, a lot of trusting. And I'm not saying God's going to call you to be a pastor. He may call you to be a missionary. He might say, but Mark, I don't want to be a missionary. He might want you to help the homeless. Pay attention to what you're watching. Pay attention to what you're paying attention to. If you're scrolling through and you see something about kittens and you have to stop on kittens, go find some place to help kittens and share the love of God. It's simple. If you're reading about politics, go make a difference. We could use that. Hey, I want to help the homeless. I don't know what to do. There's people that take two sticks in our church, two sticks, a bunch of string, hat. I don't know how they do it. <laughs> stick, stick, pat they're making hats for the homeless tell me that's not a good work ask the people around you what do you see in me because sometimes I'm too afraid and I don't want to say it out loud and if God exists and does God exist and do we have meaning Now, if you're in there I'd make you do that all over again because that was weak but it's true right then someone's going to know and they'll tell you because God is amazing. God is remarkable. He loves us. He wants to do it. I've always told my kids that wisdom comes in two ways. And again, right now they're going, I hate this. Two ways. Number one, you learn from people that are smarter than wiser for you and you listen and you do it have done it before people have read it people that are older sometimes they're younger there's kindergartners that have taught me things that no preacher ever has but you listen and you do it the other way is to go try it yourself and I always end by saying one of them hurts a lot more than the other trust your life groups if you're not in a life group get in a life group if you're not plugged in somewhere get plugged in somewhere and listen listen and let God discover his purpose for you. He already knows. He just wants you to start doing it. And you may not get the whole story. God didn't look at Abram and say, okay, what do i going to do is I want you to go west and south and this, lie about your wife, go over here, give 10% away, boom, Jesus. That's not what he did. He said, walk. Trust me. See what you find out. Can we all agree to do that? You're loved by God. Everyone in this room is loved by God. Everyone listening is loved by God. Trust him and ask him. And you'll go, wow, I am. That's so cool. So can you do me a favor? Can you stand? And if you feel comfortable, just hold your hands up. Like you're getting something from God. And we're just going to pray. Father, together we stand before you, and we just thank you for your goodness and your mercy, your patience, your love. And God, I know that that I don't deserve it. And I'm sure there's others in this room that feel the same way. but God, I'm thankful for it. I'm humbled by it. Holy Spirit, I ask you to fill our hearts and our minds with the words and the thoughts of God that we you reveal your purposes for your kingdom. And our purpose within that kingdom. God, may we release ourselves. It's not about me, but may I release myself to serve you with all my heart, all my soul, all my mind, all my strength. And God, I pray for each one of us, God, that your kingdom come, your will be done in our lives just as it is in heaven. We love you, Lord. Thank you for loving us. In Jesus' name.